we don't know when we're leaving this world. We don't know how long we have left. What we do know is that we don't have forever on this earth. And if you did not know, this earth is not your home. I know some of you have put your roots and stakes down very, very deeply in the soil. You have even tried to go through the cement, but you have not been able to secure your anchor there. You cannot stay here. I know we are trying to stay here, but you're leaving here. And if you're not making preparation to leave, then you are storing up treasure on this earth that there will be no reward for. But if you are making plans to leave here, and you have been having a single focus to honor and please God and to live holy in his presence, to do that which is right, then you are storing up treasure in heaven. Your treasure, your treasure is very important. Everybody hear what I said? Your treasure? How many of you know that where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be? People understand that, right? Where your treasure is, is where your heart's going to be. Today we're going to be, we're going to be dealing with this topic today in our series, The Sermon on the Mount. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read verses 16 through 24 and only make mention of the fast. I'm not going to spend a lot of time there. I preached, uh, I dealt with this when we went to Oakland not long ago. But I, I, my, my main text today I'm going to be dealing with uh, is verses 16 or 19 through 24. And I'll be giving some other passages. So let's jump right into the Word. Let's, let's actually, let's pray. Let's, would you stand with me, please? Lord, we thank you for the service that has taken place thus far, the teaching of Hanukkah, the teaching of the Word, the the span between Malachi and Matthew, that intertestamental period, 400 years, the Lord wasn't given words to the prophets, but God was still moving. Today we are grateful that you have preserved your word, given your word to us to live by. We pray that we will hide your word in our hearts and lives, and that God, we will store up treasure in heaven, that we will be wise what you have given us, that we will be stewards of your bounty. We give you glory and praise. Now anoint the speaker. As we say, your word is anointed. Lord, allow the word of God to come forth today, empowered. And Lord, may I speak the truth. And may it land, Lord, on the hearts of your people. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 16. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces. 
to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and your Bibles may say mammon, money. Word mammon is not really known where that word, what that word actually, actually fully means, but it does mean not only money, but one's material things. Mammon. And actually, it's often spelled M-A-M-M-O-N, but actually can be spelled M-A-M-O-N, one M in the middle. Turn your Bibles to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 16. Luke 16, beginning at verse 13, 13 through 15. Luke 16, beginning at verse 13. Because I have to read, I'm going to, you can follow up on the board. No servant can serve two masters. No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The Pharisees who loved money heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. He said to them, you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of men, but God knows your hearts. What is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. Turn your Bibles to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. And this is what it says. We sent Timothy. Excuse me. I'm, looking, I'm in Thessalonians. Excuse me. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. And this is what it says. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Proverbs chapter 4. Verses 25 through 27. Proverbs chapter 4. Verses 25 through 27. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet. And take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Turn right there, stay in Proverbs, go to chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. 
Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. Turn your Bibles to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12. Verse 11, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. As a title along with what we have been uh, addressing in the Sermon on the Mount, as a subtitle, I have where you should put your long-term investment. Where you should put your long-term investment. Let me say a word about fasting. Jesus gave seven feasts. Those feasts you will find in Leviticus chapter 23. Each year, Sister Michelle, I've asked to teach on the feasts that the Lord gave to the children of Israel. And all of the feasts that he gave, they involve eating and, and feasting, except one, where the Lord says on the Day of Atonement, it is to be a day where one is to fast and hold a sacred assembly before the Lord. Fasting is not done so you can lose weight. Fasting may cause that, but that should not be your purpose. So when you hear people say, oh, I'm fasting today, because I want to know if that ain't fasting. They have decided not to eat that day. Fasting goes hand in hand with prayer and reading the Word of God. Fasting may also be from a particular item, but in most cases it involves some type of um, restriction regarding food. Now, because of some of the medical things people have, they have to eat on a certain schedule and understood, but they may then take television that they may be watching and refrain from that, or they may do something else. But generally, fasting pertains to a withdrawing or a period of time when one would take time that they are given to something else and direct that time towards the Lord. What the Pharisees and Sadducees were doing is that they would fast and they would make a very big deal of it. They wanted people to know they were fasting so they wouldn't wash their face. Matt in their cup, stuff all the time, coming down their eyes. I'm, I'm just going to get out the bed, didn't comb their hair. Probably came out with their bathrobe on half hanging off, with slippers on their feet. And went and stood on the street corner, looking pitiful. Because <laughs> they wanted people to know they were fasting. And so Jesus calls the attention of the disciples and those that's on that mountain and says, Don't be like the hypocrites. That when they fast, they are looking for people 
to look at them and give them their due, their honor, their respect. God says they've gotten their reward because they're getting what they're looking for. When you do things for God, you're not doing it for the praise of man. You're doing it for the glory of the Almighty God. When you look at throughout the Bible, in most cases the Bible is filled with stories of feasting and eating. Even think about Job. Before his children were killed, they were feasting and they did this on a regular basis. Even Jesus' disciples were accused of not fasting. The religious leaders, how come your disciples don't fast? He said, there'll be a time when they'll fast, but the time right now, it ain't for them to fast. You see, some people do things for show. But when we serve the Almighty God, it should be for the honor and the glory of the great and mighty King. Right? So when we fast, it is that we're going to dedicate this time and spend time with the Lord. Now, when you fast, let me tell you this. When you set a time, you won't ever be as hungry as you are during a time when you aren't supposed to be eating. When I set a time, when I, I haven't fasted in a while, but when I set a time to fast, oh, my goodness. The commercials look good on TV. Oh, the food, I'm just thinking. And then when, it, when, when, I, when I can't eat it, it seems like I smell all types of stuff. My hunger pains increase. And I'm looking for the time when I can get through this period so I can eat. And other times I can go hours throughout the day, ain't worried about it. But the moment I got to fast, oh, when can I eat? I know y'all like that too. Just like a kid who hasn't gotten something in a long time, and they over playing with a toy. Another kid go pick it up. No, 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 that's mine. They ain't even been studying about that, that, that toy. But the moment somebody go to get it, they want it then. When we do things for the Lord, it should be for His glory. Jesus says, do not look somber. In other words, when you fast, do everything that you normally would do as if you're getting up. Wash your face, clean yourself up, comb your hair. Do all those things so that nobody knows you're fasting. In other words, he said in the contrast, don't be like the hypocrites. I told you what the word hypocrites mean, right? What the word hypocrite means. It means what? An actor as if playing a part on a stage. Don't be an actor. Verse 19, do not store for yourselves treasures on earth. Point number one, true, where true riches are stored. Where true rich riches are stored. When storing up treasure on earth, we are the ones that seek to protect, and we often do a very poor job at times in trying to protect our investment. There are times when what we try to invest, someone swindles or takes away, Sometimes we lose it in the stock market. Sometimes it just seems to disappear. We don't do a good job when it comes sometimes to trying to hold on to what we have here. We oftentimes think, well, now what? I got a call last night. I came to the church back after the, the service, 
because I left my car here, came in the door, brought the newspapers in, and went on my way. I get a call says, Pastor, did you bring the newspapers in? Yes, yes, I brought them in. Did you by chance leave a bunch of keys here? Well, are they on a kitchen? Yeah, they have giants? Yeah, that's mine. Left right there on the table. Came through the door and left my key. I said, go put them on my, on my desk. I got another set for the other door. Had no idea. Left the keys here. Thank the Lord that nobody walked in the door and took them. We do a poor job of trying to keep up with stuff. I got a pouch full of keys. And I look at them, I don't even know where they all go to. All keys. And I don't want to throw it away because I might need it one day. Might throw away the one I need. And then use it. That happened actually one time. I was, I was somewhere, hey, hey, use this key in years. I find I'm getting rid of this key. And the next day I needed that key. To a build. I said, oh, Lord. <laughs> but, but we don't do well in, in holding on to our stuff. Storing up. However, all things that are stored in heaven, we have God as the protector. Nothing can be lost with God as the protector, and no one can remove anything from him. Treasure does not always mean money. But anything we value so much that we dread losing it can be our treasure. In this passage, excuse me, in this passage of verse 19, the Bible starts with a negative. It says, do not store up treasure. It doesn't start with the positive. It starts with the negative. And any time you see when the Bible says, do not start and it's the negative, you automatically know that there is an opposite as well that's going to come to tell you what you should do. Anytime there is a negative given in the Bible about what you shouldn't do, there is a positive correspondence of how you should be. And so the Lord starts with the negative and says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures, on earth. What does that mean? Store up. It takes it is it comes from the, the vantage point of the viewpoint of one who is storing up and is hoarding in order to keep. It is the idea that one is going to hoard all this stuff and keep it and not give any of it or share any of it. It is the fear that one is going to lose it and the idea that one's possessions are only stored in this life. The idea that one is concerned about losing what he has here. And so they amass, they amass, they amass in order to keep from losing it. And they are not looking at all towards that which is in heaven. It does not deal with the matter of being rich or poor because poor people and rich people have the same concern when it comes to possessions. A very poor people can be the same way of trying to hold on to everything. I've told you this before, that rich people have, get, have been given a bad rap in the media. Thank God for rich people. They help supply jobs. They help take care of certain things. But it's been demonized. Thank God. Do you not know that wealth comes from the Lord? 
It is the media and individuals oftentimes who try to distract and destroy and say what you shouldn't have. Remember this. It was God who made Abraham rich. It was God who made Job the richest man in the world at that time. And then after he lost everything, when the Lord allowed the devil to put him to the test, God restored him double. I believe it was double. God blessed him abundantly. God made David wealthy. When we think about it, God blesses individuals, and then he allows other people to not have as much so that those who may have may be able to help those. But it never means that the person who doesn't have anything or doesn't have much is to be lazy. When you think about storing up and what the Lord is saying, it is that one can be rich and store up treasure that is in heaven that does not necessarily deal with your monetary means or the, your, the monetary value of what you have. Isn't it interesting when the Lord says store up, store up treasure in heaven? It doesn't tell you what it is. doesn't mention what it is. Well, we can surmise that it's, it's holiness, being merciful, being, being grateful to God for who he is, worship, being faithful. That's storing up in heaven. So the Lord says, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth. Why? Because the earth is something that is temporal. It's passing. It is not permanent. It is not your home. Look at what he says. Where moth and rust destroy. Now, now, now get this, get this. Two things to note here when it talks about moth and rust. When one thinks about a moth, one thinks of clothing. And then one thinks of rust, one thinks of material things. The idea here is that when you think about the, the, the Palestine and those that were living at this time, they, the garments that people had, their clothing, there was a lot of value placed on clothing. There were certain clothes that were dyed in, in purple and red, and, and this was sold for a lot of money. And so a person that was dressed in, in purple and fine linen, you could tell that person was rich. You see stories in the Bible that talks about this. And so when we look at this, the idea that a moth would come in and begin to eat at the fabric, in other words, it would be ruined. And if one's possession was in all that they had, their clothing, they would be most miserable. Why? Because they put all their resources and value in the clothing. Don't store up for yourselves. Treasures on earth were moths. And then rust. You see, the idea with moth and rust, they both come from the same in the fact that they eat away. Rust means to devour. When something is rusty, one wants to try to restore it. Oh, got rust on it. How to get that? And one goes to scrubbing and trying to clean it up because it means that it, that it has been, uh, um, this, this, not just stained, but it's been disfigured. It is something that right now is being ruined. And so one does not want them something to be rust. Rusted, in other words, it is something that is being still eaten away. The value has been lost. In other words, the shine of where it, what it was is no longer there. I used to work at Hands, as I told you all before. And one of my jobs was to clean the brass in the morning before people got there. I'm thinking, I just cleaned this yesterday. Watch it out to clean it again. How did it get so how did it get so dirty and so ugh, it's no it's not shiny. 
they had something that was called brasso, if I recall, back in that day. When you think about material things, it loses its shine on the earth. And so when the Lord is teaching the disciples and the people, he says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and things that rust and will corrode over time, or it will even fade and it will go away with use. In other words, the idea is that it will eventually pass away with use. The idea about storing things up in heaven, now understand the idea here, the, the idea. It is when something is stored in heaven, it does not lose its value when used. Nor do you lose your excitement when you go back to use it again. Everything that's in heaven, you never tire of it. It never loses its value. It never loses its worth. Whatever is stored there retains its value, and the idea is that it even gains. When we think about treasure, it's really talking about the gain. We'll, we'll get to that. I only get ahead of myself. But he says, store for yourselves treasures in heaven. Store for yourselves treasures in heaven. You see, the Pharisees loved, as it said, we read in Luke, that they loved money. And so when Jesus is talking, oftentimes teaching, they would get very, very... You've got, you got to see some people, they get that kind of look on their face like, what can you tell me? <laughs> you've got to see them when you're looking at them. Oh. And you've got to be careful. Because they can throw you off sometimes. And here Jesus is. And I, I, can say, I can imagine that someone probably came and sat right in the front row. Lined up and with their arms folded. And as Jesus teaches from his front step, what you trying to say? <laughs> no, you find you find where you are. <laughs> and so when Jesus is teaching, these leaders would be there not so much to take in what he had to say, but to try to find fault with his words. And Jesus says that one is to not store up treasure in, in, on earth, but one is to be rich towards storing up treasure in heaven. Now, when storing up treasure in heaven, there is no limit to the amount that Jesus gives. He doesn't say store up this amount, store up that amount. Store up treasure in heaven. You see, that's why I think some people are going to be so surprised when they get to heaven is because they're going to say, oh, how in the world did Lord I get all of this? Because it was the fact that your storing up was gaining interest. It gained, and God was the one who was preserving it, and God knows how to pay. He knows how to keep, he knows how to store, and ain't no thief going to get in. Now, Now, I want you to note this. Going back for a moment, when the Bible talks about storing, not, not storing up you know, treasure on earth and storing up treasure in heaven, but he, he gives in this, this point of the moth, the rust, the clothing and the rust, he says also where thieves break in. Let me just make a quick point on this. Thieves come in for the specific purpose of destroying and taking, right? So when you think about the houses that were built, it is the idea that thieves would come in and they would dig their way in. Houses were such to where you could go in 
and take what other people had hoarded, or you could go under. It's the, it comes from the idea that one is digging in through or going under to get to the belongings. And so the idea is that when the thief came in, he would dig through the hole, through the wall, or dig underneath to get to the belongings. And so the Lord says we're thieves. So in other words, things that are stored up on earth, it's not safe even from the thief. You got the moth, you got rust, and you've got people. But the Lord says your treasure in heaven, he takes those same three things and says no moth can get to it, which means any vermin, any vermin whatever it might be, it can't rust because it is eternal and God places a value on it. And when God puts his seal on it, it can't go down in value. And, 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 and then who's going to come in and try to take God and say, God, I'm on the scene now. What you got here, I, I'm, coming to, I'm coming to take it. God said it's all safe with me. The problem with so many people is that they're storing up things on the earth and not storing up things in heaven that will have eternal benefits. And so today, people find everything else to do but be faithful to what God has called us to do. The Bible says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 21. Your heart shows where your treasure is. If your time always involves excuses, then your treasure will be involved in the very things that you do. If one is always given to excuses of what they can't do, then oftentimes you look at what they do do, that's where the treasure is. If a person always says, I can't be there, I can't do that, and they're doing something else when this is going on, that's where their treasure is. Jesus said that your treasure should be rich in heaven. It does not mean that people can't do certain things, but if one never does those things, or one is always finding one finding excuses then one has to consider, then where does my treasure really, really, where, does it, where is it? Where is my treasure? If heaven is my goal, and I can't, not, and I can't find time for God, or one is saying, I'm choosing sin over God, that's going to burn up. Do you not know that sin has a price tag to it? Do you not know that if you're trying to pursue sin, it will pay you, but you're not going to like the wages? It is storing up treasure in earth that won't last. So the Lord says, don't store up treasure why? Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. It is talking about the emotions. When a person talks about the heart, one doesn't say, when one says, my heart's been broken. Now, what percentage of your heart's been broken? 
That 20% or 25%? We don't say that. Oh, how can I help you feel better? I'm so sad today. Are you 40% sad today? No. It's your whole heart. When we think about treasure, it's everything, your emotions, your intellect, your feelings, your whole being. Break down your heart and the feelings. You probably probably be looking at you. You'd be crying. You'd talk crying. What are you talking about? I'm just talking, my heart is broken. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what percentage. <laughs> so do you need like a little bit of tapping and loving on the shoulder? Or do you need like a whole lot? Because I'm just saying, how much? <laughs> you a little bit sad? Are you a whole bit sad? A whole lot? <laughs> When we have our heart in something, it means all of us is there. That's the portion of it. All of you are there. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. All of you. Person telling me, I'll be there in spirit with you today. It means be there in spirit. My heart and mind will be with you. Why won't your body there too? Lord have mercy. Help us. Our heart, our heart, our heart, what we long for. You see, if whatever you give your attention to, all the time is what you're going to eventually do. Do you not know that as you develop the habits and affections, that that your heart is drawn to do those things? When people practice sin, that's why I said, don't, don't, don't practice. Why? Because we're going to have a desire for sin. You see, sin already has its own appeal. And when we add something to it, it just adds a fuel to the fire because we, because remember this, we are born in sin and we are shaping in iniquity. You come here already with a propensity to sin. You already come here with a propensity to take everything for yourself, to hoard. You come here that way. And when we then go after it, our heart cannot be left to the side and says, oh, I didn't really mean it. I just did this act, but I really wasn't involved. Lie. That's a lie. We are there. We have to remember that we don't separate our treasure from where our heart is. Where your treasure is, your heart, your being, your intellect, all of you is going to be right there too. And so Jesus says, store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Now this doesn't mean that one is not to work hard. I, I keep saying this. I'm going to be done in just, a, in just a little while. thought I'd be further along, but I'm not. But let me say this. When we consider the fact that God has given us of his possessions, he's given us of his abundance and his bounty. He has blessed us and says, I'm going to bless you. The fact that I own everything on the world, in the world, it's all mine. Everything is mine. I'm going to bless you. Now I want you to take this, I want you to manage it. 
I want you to be faithful over this because I'm going to come back and want, I want an accounting of what I've given you. That's not only for our the possession, what we own, but it's for our very being. When we look at what God has given us in regards to life, God's going to ask us, what did you do with the life that I gave you? That's why it's dangerous to say to the Lord, oh, I'm going to wait till I'm 90 before I come to the Lord to get saved. I'm going to slip in and run through the door. It leads out the very fact that one is to worship God, giving him honor for who he is. The fact all the years blessing him, our praise is being stored up in heaven. And so people miss the idea and the point, one day I'm coming, Lord. One day I'll be there. One day I'll accept you. Not understanding that when God said store up, it is to be an honor and a worshiping of him because of who he is. That's storing up treasure in heaven. And so when we hoard God's blessing, hoard our worship, hoard our praise and keep it for ourselves, we are storing up treasure on this earth and not being rich towards the Almighty God. The reason why Christ is not central in the lives of many in the church is because their heart is devoted to something else. If sin is where your treasure lies, then you will not be faithful to that which belongs to God. Verse 22 and 23, and I'll be done. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? This is one of the, a very difficult passage to really understand. What, what does it fully mean? In some Bibles it says, the eye of the lamp, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are single, in some passages, it has the word single. That's a strange statement. The idea with passage 22 and 23 deals with the idea of being single-minded. It deals with the idea of not being double-minded. So it says, the eye is the lamp of the body. The eye, the eye is the lamp. If your eyes are good, when you think of that which is single, we think of that which is good. Oftentimes, that which is called double, double-minded, it is negative. It is not good. It is something that the Lord, in fact, James speaks about, that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways and all he does. To be double-minded, I don't know, I think so, maybe so. I'll be there, pray for me. I'm not sure I'm trying to do better. I'll be there next week, maybe not. Come pick me up. Okay, go today. Double-minded. But being focused and single-minded, yes, I'll be there. Yes, I'll commit, I'll do what the Lord says. Some people say they're going to be there. You, you, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, mm-hmm, okay, I believe it when I see it. The eye is a lamp. So it deals with, therefore, if thy eye be single, it deals with one's focus. One's focus. I like the idea and the example that Dr. Butler gives. When one thinks of binoculars, one looks through two holes 
But one then looks through these holes, and it then it comes out on the other end as one circle. If you look through binoculars and you see two different holes, your eyesight or what you see is going to be distorted. So looking through the eyesight, you need to see one. It's single. One focus brings it in. You're talking about one's focus here. In other words, the eye, my single focus should be to the glory of God, of storing up the things of, God, of my heart towards God. That's the single focus. That's where my heart and my mind should be. And then the Bible says, but if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Think about it. Light, light, light. Sometimes, sometimes I, I, I get up in the middle of the night you know you get to sleep. You know, y'all, y'all, now, now, some of y'all may not do this, but I do. I get up and I don't always walk straight when I'm going, getting up. And sometimes you have a tendency to kind of stumble a little bit, right? Have you ever stumbled and kicked a chair with no shoes on? Or stepped on something, a plug or something? And the pain was like immediate. And here you go then trying to hop and you're still sleepy and and some of y'all know some of y'all fall, have fallen down. Go ahead in a minute. <laughs> when you look at something that's out of focus, that's in the dark, when you are trying to go after something you cannot see, that's what it's like the Bible is saying when you go after that which is of the earth that's going to pass away. A mind who is blind, who can't see, who's focused, whose attention can't, don't even really know where he's going. Blind. He needs light. He needs to be able to see. But oh, when I have light, I can just walk straight to wherever I need to go. <laughs> Ain't trying to feel. I get up in the night here. I'm trying to make sure. I'm putting my hand out there so if I hit a wall, my hand going to hit it first. <laughs> because you don't want to turn the light on. I know some of y'all be thinking, if I turn the light on, I don't really want to wake up. So I don't want to turn the light on. It's going to be too light. So you leave the light out. Don't disturb your sleep. <laughs> turn the light. Turn that light on. Turn that light out. Turn that light out. <laughs> but when we think of the light, singleness, our focus, our focus should be singleness for God. So when he talks about the eye. It is speaking about the focus and one's desire. The focus and one's desire. But when one is going going in the darkness, one is pursuing that which really a person that is double-minded is pursuing. You cannot pursue both. And I don't have time to deal with this. I'm going to pick it up next time, dealing with verse 24. Verse 24, we're going to pick up with next time because it's key as we go on. People, let me say this. You will never be sorry for honoring the Lord. When the Lord talks about storing up, it does not mean that one is not to save, one is not to plan for the future. It is talking about, the issue is talking about 
when one's motivation and storage is only for the earth and is not rich towards God. It has nothing to do with storing. In fact, when we read in Proverbs how the ant, take note how the ant saves and, and how the ant stores and how the ant, the ant plans. And we have to look at what we're to do. Some people just say, oh, whatever will be, will be. How just whatever, whatever it is. I don't plan for the future. The Lord will take care of me. Well, God's given your mind to be able to say, hey, I can put 50 cents aside. I can put a dollar and a half aside. And I can build from that. You'll be surprised how much $50 a month in the bank will end up at the end of the year. How much $100 a month. Keep adding to it. I ain't got nothing. I only got $150 in the bank. Thank God it ain't in the red. Being rich. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Yes, ma'am. How does one store up treasure? As we're saying, through praise, through faithfulness, through worship, through honoring God. It did not give specifics in regards to this is what you do, but that's how we store it up. In other words, when we're rich towards God, says, God, I'm going to trust you with what you've given me. Remember this. What God gives us, he expects us to use for his honor and for his glory. And when we do that, that is storing up treasure in heaven. You cannot be faithful over something you don't have, but you are faithful in what God gives you. Faithfulness and storing up deals with the matter of one's possession with one's, with one's, whole, one's whole being. Yes? Yes. Well, some of the commentators actually take verses 6, the beginning of verse 1, and feel that when God is discussing and describing what we were just describing today, just talking about, is going back and bringing all of that from chapter 6, and that's what he's referring to. Some believe it, but some actually don't. But that's one of the things that has actually been said, is that they believe that it goes actually back to chapter 6 and is talking about those matters that you just mentioned as the rewards that he's referring to. But many other commentators don't believe it, believe that that whole passage is inclusive and included. But it has to be involved in it, absolutely. Absolutely. All right? As we conclude, I'm going to give you a homework assignment. <clears throat> I want you to read the rest of chapter 6 next week. From where we started, stop 24 through the end of the chapter. And we're going to pick up there next week. And this is also I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to ask you, to look at your life this week and say, Lord, am I storing up treasure on earth or am I storing up treasure in heaven? And I want you to evaluate that and I want you to be honest with yourself. You ain't got to come and tell me. I want you to be honest with yourself. Am I storing up treasure on earth or am I storing up treasure in heaven? And I believe if you're honest, you'll come to an answer that is correct. And if not, let's talk about it. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you today. We bless your name for who you are. We thank you for the word of God. And we pray today that in all that we do, you will be exalted and praised. Lord, help us to remember that we are storing up, Lord, our treasures. And as been said,
My God, from what was just mentioned, when we think about prayer, we think about fasting, we think about God, our giving, when we think about all that you've done, how incredible it is to offer it right back to you. So today we pray that as we leave this place, you will be honored and you will be glorified. Now pray for, we pray for those that are grieving. We pray for those who have lost loved ones. So many deaths recently, Lord. The death angel has come through, and he has come through, Lord, and have taken many. But God, we thank you right now that the Bible says that we are to be ready. So whenever, God, our time comes, we'll be ready to go. We love you and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.